Hey, this is Pastor Steve Berger with This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. We want to thank you for listening today. And remember, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. God bless you. We pray that this is a blessing for you today. All right, today I want to talk to you about a vitally important part of your Christian life and experience, and that is learning how to walk in the Spirit, how to walk in the Spirit. Now, before I get into what Paul actually said there in Galatians chapter 5, I want to start by what John said in 1 John chapter 2, and then again in John 1 John chapter 4, um, where he's addressing um, something that really does help us with the complexity, the spiritual complexities of the of the days and the times in which we live right now. Remember, John wrote this 2,000 years ago. So if it was the last hour 2,000 years ago, it's the last moments right now of human history. He said, as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. John made it clear that there is definitely um, an Antichrist, the Antichrist coming, who will perform all kinds of Um, lying signs and wonders. Paul tells us about his job is to deceive people. He said, you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. He says, but even now, many Antichrists have come, meaning that in John's day, there already was not the Antichrist, but many Antichrists. So not like Antichrist with a capital A, he's coming, but Antichrist with a, a lowercase a meaning that they are operating in the the same spirit and the same desire as the Antichrist will eventually. Now, we might say that the Antichrist is actually the, the, the combined, the culmination of every little Antichrist that has come before him. But he makes it clear the Antichrist is coming, but already 2,000 years ago, many Antichrists have already arisen. Now, when we go forward into 1 John, specifically chapter 4, verse 3, listen to what he says here because he picks it up again and it really does address why we need to learn how to walk in the Spirit. 1 John 4, 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Now listen, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already in the world. So the spirit of Antichrist was already in the world 2,000 years ago. How much more in the last moments of human history while the world waits for the revelation of the Antichrist to come, okay? The spirit of Antichrist is all over the world today. And if you have spiritual eyes at all, you can see the spirit of Antichrist at work. So my point is simply this to start us off. If the spirit of Antichrist is alive in the world today, how much more should followers of Jesus be ready to walk in in the Holy Spirit, in the spirit of God, in the spirit of Christ? If the spirit of Antichrist is wreaking havoc on the world, all the more reason why followers of Jesus need to be walking in the spirit of Christ. So um, let's, I want to pick this up now, I guess, in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Listen to what Paul says here. He said, I say then, walk in the spirit 
and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I want to get into the complexities of the Greek language here, but where he says you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, it's a it's very strong language, and it it means you shall not never. It's a very definitive statement, very very clear. You shall not never walk in the lust of the flesh. So we've got to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, friends, listen to me. We think of the lust of the flesh as usually some kind of sexual perversion or some kind of adultery spirit, maybe murder or lying or whatever. But rarely do we think that the lusts of the flesh include self-preservation, right? I'm trying to preserve my flesh. And so I don't want to live with courage for Christ, self-preservation or self-promotion where I'm willing to do anything against anyone so long as it will promote myself. And so I don't want you to hear the lust of the flesh and just think of the typical kind of list of sins that we talk about. No, I want you to understand the lust of your flesh involves self-promotion, okay, and self-preservation. Now, he said, if you walk in the spirit, you're not gonna fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So the question is, how can we walk in the spirit, all right? I'm gonna give you four things today relatively quickly and help you understand how you can walk in the spirit of Christ so that you do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, which is the desire of the spirit of antichrist, okay? So how do you walk in the spirit? First of all, I need to tell you that walking in the spirit is something that you actually do. So often when we talk about not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, we talk about all these things, don't do this and don't do that. And we've, we've subconsciously adopted this mindset that, that says, okay, it's going to be my, you know, kind of my white knuckled self-will and self-effort, and I'm not going to do these bad things. I'm not, 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 not going to practice these things. Well, friend, you know, if you've done that for any amount of time, that just doesn't cut it, Okay. I want to tell you that walking in the spirit is actually something that you do and it's way more powerful than just trying to white knuckle, you know, something that you shouldn't do. All right. Now, walking in the spirit will help you not do the lusts of the flesh. Okay. But I don't want you to misunderstand. This isn't some message where I'm just telling you to white knuckle it and, and with your own self-will and self-determination, you stop doing unholy things so that you can be holy. That's not the message here, all right? Four things. If you want to learn how to walk in the Spirit, number one, you need to be Holy Spirit-minded. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, Paul writes and says, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right? Where have you set your mind? Have you set your mind on the things of the spirit of God? Or have you set your mind just on natural things? Okay, now listen to me, friend. If you're setting your mind on natural things, natural human resource, power, and effort, you are going to live a defeated, frustrated Christian life. No question about it. But if you'll set your mind on the spirit and, and access the grace and the power of Jesus to 
to live your Christian life, you're going to find yourself living in victory and fruitfulness, not defeat and frustration. Set your mind on the Spirit of God. Now, what does that look like? I, I learned a long time ago that when, when I'm operating in, in my Christian life and I'm not living a natural life, when I'm living in the Spirit, when situations come my way, whether they be trials or temptations of whatever source, I'm always asking myself, what's the will of God for me in this situation? I'm always asking myself, what does God's word say about this? What is God up to in my life right now? Or maybe even, what is the devil up to? What is he trying to do? And so see, I'm spiritually minded then. Because listen, friend, you've got to realize this. It is the spirit realm that really dictates what happens in the natural realm. And we've got too many Christians who aren't spiritually minded. They don't have their mind set on the things of the spirit. They're so naturally minded that when the, the, the lusts of the flesh and the temptations of the flesh come, they're just ready to receive it without considering the realm of the spirit, what, what's God doing, what resources are available to me, or what the enemy's doing and how he's trying to destroy me. So I really want to encourage you, number one, if you're going to walk in the spirit, of course, you've got to set your mind on the things of the spirit, okay? Second, I want you to be Holy Spirit guided. So be Holy Spirit minded and then be Holy Spirit guided. Jesus said in John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, listen to this, he will guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Jesus made it very clear that part of the, the work of the Holy Spirit would be to guide us into all truth. Again, as I set my mind on the Spirit, I then give him much greater access to communicate with me and to let me know what God is up to, what the devil might be up to, how to respond to the situation, and I allow him to guide me into truth. Well, what's truth? Well, Jesus is the truth. The word of God is truth. And the Holy Spirit then comes alongside as the great advantage that Jesus promised that he would be. And he gives me the advantage by having my mind set on the Spirit and, and my mind being and my heart being guided by the Spirit. He gives me the advantage of not succumbing to the lusts of the flesh. And so you need to know Friends, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to guide us, to speak to us. That hasn't stopped over the last 2,000 years. So I want to ask you, are you allowing the Spirit of God to guide you and to speak to you? Because if you don't even realize that the Holy Spirit does that, you're not even going to be aware of when he might be trying to guide you and speak to you. So know this, as you become Holy Spirit-minded, Allow yourself to be Holy Spirit guided. Next, I want to encourage you to be Holy Spirit empowered. Before Jesus sent them out to do Christian ministry, to preach the gospel, he commanded, he didn't suggest, he commanded that they go to Jerusalem 
and wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. And then in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he tells him exactly what the promise of the Father is. He said, you shall receive power, dunamis. It is the Greek word for dynamite. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Did you catch this? Jesus said, yes, I want you to go preach the gospel, but do not do it until the Holy Spirit empowers you, until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, of course, doesn't this make sense? When you start connecting the dots, I'm gonna be Holy Spirit-minded, I'm gonna be Holy Spirit-guided, and then, of course, I'm going to be Holy Spirit empowered. Now, quickly, how do you get empowered by the Holy Spirit? I think the first disciples give us a really good um, example of this. Jesus commanded them to go to Jerusalem. And you know what they did? They obeyed. Obedience is the first part of being filled with the Holy Spirit. They did what Jesus said. They went to Jerusalem. The second part is that they were hungry or thirsty, dependent, we might say, upon experiencing and the empowerment of the Spirit. How do you, you say, Steve, how do we know they were hungry and thirsty for that? Because Jesus told them to go wait, and they waited and prayed and prayed and waited for 10 days. They were so hungry, so thirsty to receive this empowerment that they were willing to wait as long as it took to be filled with the power of God that Jesus promised. Friend, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to do what Jesus said to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What if he said to you, I need you to tarry in, uh, in prayer with me for the next three days or four days? How hungry and thirsty are you to be filled by the, with the Holy Spirit? It's a good question for all of us to ask. Number one, got to be obedient. Number two, you got to be hungry, thirsty. And then number three, you have to be receptive. I want to encourage you in, in the midst of being spiritually minded, that you open yourself up to the things of the spirit that naturally minded people might think, oh, that's too supernatural or too miraculous or too even spooky. That's too spiritual for me. Listen, friends, the day that Jesus and his spirit become too spiritual and spooky for you is the day that you start living in defeat because you're not operating in the power of God. You have to be receptive to whatever it might look like, according to God's word, that the Holy Spirit wants to do with you. Remember what it said as they waited there in Acts chapter two for the Holy Spirit to empower them. There was the sound in the house of a mighty rushing wind. And then it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon them and sat upon them as of um, uh, tongues of fire. What is that all about? What did that look like and feel like? And then they begin to speak in languages that they had never spoken before. I mean, this was a supernatural event. This was an HD, man. This was heaven definition. This was a heavenly encounter with the power of God, but they were so obedient, thirsty, hungry, and receptive that they didn't shut it off. They didn't push back away from what the Holy Spirit wanted to do and say, no, this is too weird for me. I can't handle this. 
No, they went with the flow. They were receptive to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And it was something powerful and something supernatural. You've got to be supernaturally minded, guided, and receptive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. All right, last, you have to be Holy Spirit submitted. This is so important, friends, listen to me. Because you can be Holy Spirit minded, you can be Holy Spirit guided, you can even be Holy Spirit empowered. If you're not willing to submit to it, you have to, there's going to be that moment where you have to submit to God and say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Now, I want to read this famous passage of scripture to you, Matthew 26, 36 through 45. It's Jesus and the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what we're going to see is Jesus walking in the spirit and the disciples, unfortunately, walking in the flesh, teaching us a lesson, the difference between the two. Check this out. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Now listen to me. Jesus said, The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. He's submitting to the will of God. And he came and found his disciples asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time. And he said the exact same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hours at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Beloved, Jesus shows what a walking in the Spirit, submitted life looks like. The disciples show us what a walking in the flesh, unsubmitted life looks like. Jesus is praying without ceasing. He's submitting to God's will and he's overcoming the desire to do what his flesh wanted him to do. Jesus admitted, if there's any other way for me to redeem mankind than being betrayed and beaten, scourged, crucified, if there's any other way, I, I don't want to go through that. That must be done. Jesus wasn't allowing the flesh to dictate how he was going to respond to the will of God. He submitted himself to the Spirit. He submitted himself to God, and he didn't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The disciples, on the other hand, dude, what are they? They're prayerless. They're resting. They're sleeping. They're unsubmitted to God's will in the situation. And because of it, they fulfilled the lust of the flesh. What was the flesh? Resting, sleeping, checking out when Jesus needed them most. And he said, man, will you watch and pray with me? I'm, I'm 
unbelievably sorrowful. I'm deeply distressed. I need some support here. His friends checked out on him. Totally unsupportive, not praying without ceasing, not walking in the spirit, and totally fulfilling the lust of flesh. We need to walk in the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, which would be the desire of the spirit of Antichrist. I don't, I don't want to cooperate with the spirit of Antichrist. I want to cooperate and submit to the spirit of Christ, okay? Be Holy Spirit-minded. God, what does your word say? What is your will for me in this? God, what are you up to? What's the devil up to? What's he trying to set me up with? Be Holy Spirit-minded. Be Holy Spirit-guided. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into the truth of God's word. Allow him to speak to you. Hear his voice. Have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. Be Holy Spirit-minded, guided, and empowered. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be obedient. Do whatever God tells you to do to be filled with the Spirit. Be thirsty. Be willing to pay a price and wait for the power of God to come upon you. Okay? And then be receptive. If it gets spiritual and supernatural, awesome. Don't shut it down. Don't quench the Spirit, but be receptive to the Spirit. And then finally, be submitted to whatever God's will is for you. Submit to the Spirit and allow God to use you in whatever situation to bring kingdom power there. You've got to be submitted to the Spirit of God. So there you go, how to walk in the Spirit. We love you. We bless you today. Thank you for joining us here on This Is That. I want to encourage you again, share this with as many people as you can and make sure you subscribe to This Is That either here on YouTube or on our podcast, both platforms ready to receive you and equip you and encourage you to follow Jesus with everything you've got. God bless you. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye.